Welcome to Faith Walking Conversations. In this episode, Marcos Leon and a group of faith walkers share a time of meditation and learning about practices that nurture your soul. This week, they reflect on the topic Letting God Shape You, Prayer. This conversation was originally recorded in November of 2020. We want to remind you that Faith Walking's mission is to make wholeness possible for individuals, communities, and the world. Visit us at www.faithwalking.us. Join this conversation. Welcome to our conversations about meditations that uh, God uses to nurture our souls. Times of pandemic anxiety and challenges, we need to, to keep a good eye uh, on our souls, and that's what we're trying to do. We are continuing this week a conversation that we started a few weeks ago about God shaping us. We're going to talk about prayer specifically today. And when we talk about God shaping us, uh, we believe that we're talking something that is universal and, and we kind of open our awareness to how is God shaping us through the circumstances and the uh, things that we live and even relationships, even the pandemic. How is God shaping us? And we believe that this formation or this shaping takes place uh, all the time. We are more aware or less aware. And the idea of the, of the series is uh, to consider what are the practices that are helpful to facilitate this work, let's say the, that way, to facilitate God to use those things to shape us instead of just to let experiences uh, do in us whatever it takes place without the, this awareness. So when we talk about uh, helpful practices, Uh, we talk about uh, specifically three things. Scripture, we believe that God uses uh, his word to shape us. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. We talk uh, also about reflection or meditation, you know, as a, as a way to internalize that scripture, not only by memory, but kind of to move it from our mind to our heart that takes place in reflection. And there are many ways to study the scripture and there is or interact with the Bible. And there are many ways also to meditate and to, to reflect. Um, and we're going to talk today about prayer. We believe that all these three are happening all the time. It's hard to, to mark a line and say, this is the end of a scripture and the beginning of meditation, or this is the end of prayer and the beginning of... Usually they... They overlap, uh, but uh, it is helpful to have an awareness of kind of these movements taking place in our hearts. When we are intentional about putting these elements together in, in the context of the here and now of, of a specific place and time, uh, is what we uh, call a retreat. You know, a retreat doesn't mean that I have to go to a different city, uh, but it is... I retreat for a moment from whatever is taking my, my attention and I create this space to be with God. So let's, let's talk about prayer. Prayer, you know, and 
ah, so many things to say about prayer, right? We could start anywhere, <laughs> kind of. I like to start with Charles Spurgeon, a, a quote of, of, of uh, Charles Spurgeon that says, true prayer is neither a mere mental exercise nor a vocal performance. It is far deeper than that. It is a spiritual transaction with the creator of heaven and earth. I, I like the simplicity of it, right? It is not just a mental exercise. It's not about only my intellect or, or the inside. And it's not only a vocal performance, you know. It's not only about saying something in a specific way. But I like how he, uh, Charles Spurgeon says, spiritual transaction. You know, in the sense of relationship, there is a transaction of, of meaning, a transaction of not only data or information, but it is actually a relationship, spiritual relationship. With whom? Well, nothing less than the creator of heaven and earth. And that is intimidating for many of us. So I want to just even uh, use this uh, moment to, to help you to be aware. What is the impact? What happens in you when you hear this transaction with the creator of heaven and earth, right? What, uh, what view of God do you have? I'm not interested in telling you this is the right or this is the wrong view. What I'm interested in your awareness of saying, oh, ah. I'm looking forward for, for this spiritual transaction, this moment of conversation, or not. You know, I'm, I'm kind of aware of, of a fear or anxiety. Oh, no, I really don't want to talk. That's going underground, if you want, spiritually in our lives. The way that we see God impacts the way that we relate to God. So nothing more powerful, uh, than that to consider our prayer life. And what I mean is, if you have an understanding of God that uh, makes difficult communication with God, even if you know the Bible and know the right answer, but if functionally you, you operate from that way, you're going to have a hard time in your prayer life. Who wants to show up to that conversation, right? If, if I see God as, a, as an angry father, I mean, I'm exaggerating, maybe not, you don't see it that way. But if, if I see God as an angry father or as an angry um, king, I'm not going to show up to that conversation. If I have to, I'm going to show up in a very specific way. So you get, you get that, right? So prayer. Let's just start with a few verses again. Uh, we need, we need some context of the scripture, right? I want to start with this one. Uh, love the Psalms. You know, they speak to my heart in a different way. Psalm 141, verse 1 and 2. O Lord, I call upon you. Hasten to me. Give ear to my voice when I call to you. Let my prayer be counted as incense before you. And the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifices. I almost want to lift my hands when I say this because it evokes, at least for me, beautiful uh, request to the Lord. I call upon you. Who else? Please listen to me. 
I remember a season of my life, I was just starting to know God. And I had a friend who was a, uh, grew up uh, in, a, in a family who loved God. And, and he was telling me how he learned from his mother to call upon the Lord. And I was like, what do you mean? Say to call my soul, calling upon the Lord. And it seems, oh my gosh, I, I, I desire that. How can I call upon the Lord? Right? So that's prayer. That's prayer. The Lord waits for us. And you see, hasten to me. Give ear to my voice when I call to you. The idea of the picture of incense before you and the evening sacrifice is, is this idea that prayer will take place in the Old Testament, especially uh, at the temple, when they had a temple. You know, so it is a space, it's a kind of more... more uh, um, the liturgy of prayer, the religious aspect. But I love how the psalmist, uh, David, is able to say, this is the temple, Lord. My hands are the evening sacrifices. My words are the incense. And, you know, it's very biblical. In Revelations, there is this picture of, of the prayers of the Lord at that moment with all the prayers of, of the people. Come to the Lord, are raised to the Lord. And it's amazing. Your prayer and my prayer are going to be there one day. Your prayer, you're going to, in the tongues of millions or billions of voices, God somehow understands that, that moment your voice and my voice are going to be heard. Such a beautiful picture. God is listening. Another picture, Psalm 143, verse 8. Love it too. Let me hear in the morning of your steadfast love, for in you I trust. Make me know the way I should go. For to you, I lift up my soul. <laughs> Again. Yes. So in the previous verse, we, we talk about uh, the psalmist saying, listen to me, Lord, listen to me. And in this other, he's saying, let me hear from you, Lord. Let me hear from you. Let me hear of your love in the morning. Steadfast love. For in you are trust. You see the relationship, the transaction. And you know, maybe the word transaction is not a, a tit for tat. It's not, okay, I give you this, you give me that. But it is more like a communication, right? It's a conversation. Uh, make me know the way I should go. That, that is the ask. Isn't that the, the, the question that we have? Help me see what I need to do, right? And I, I have taken this picture uh, in my prayers, I mean, you might do the same or not, but when he says, I lift up my soul to you, that has become a picture for me of prayer. I lift up my soul. I, somehow I have to do something. You see, in, in prayer, I have, to do, I have to lift up my soul. Sometimes my soul doesn't lift up by itself. <laughs> so I have to help, you know, and say, oh, my soul, remember. Oh, my soul, I'm going to lift you up a little bit closer to God. Let's talk. Pictures of the Psalms. This is more uh, specific about prayers, right? James chapter 5, verses 13 to 16. Is anyone among you suffering? <laughs> Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick 
and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you might be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. And James goes on and talks about Elijah and the prayer of Elijah. A lot of things to take out of this passage, right? A lot of it. Wonder what the Lord is showing to you. Just be aware of that. That is the way that God speaks. Whatever is, is, is capturing your attention right now. But, so prayer works for suffering. Prayer works for, for worship or praise. Prayer, it works for when you're sick, when you need encouragement, when there is something in, inside of your heart, sing. Prayer helps the process of forgiveness or confession. And prayer is very well connected with faith, right? The prayer of a righteous person, faith and righteousness. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick. And then the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it works. So you see that. So there is something about the shaping of prayer in my soul and my soul being influenced by also who I am, my righteousness. This is not about, uh, you know, being better or, or worse, but there is some connection between prayer and faith. And there is some connection between righteousness, a, a heart that is clear and open, uh, not intimidated before God, and a heart that is not. Hmm. Okay, few verses. Jesus, what we learn, lots of, of learning from prayer, from Jesus about prayer. Matthew 6, 6. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. It's great whole passage, you know, it's talking about prayer. He makes the contrast between those prayers that are just kind of a show off, <laughs> right? Okay, I'm going to pray, and prayers that are in secret. So, you know, you, you prayer. Jesus highlights this idea of the secret place prayer. That's what the Lord wants to, to hear. There's where the Lord is. Whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive as you have faith. Again, there's a connection of faith. I, I'm also present how much misunderstanding might have existed around this verse, right? I believe, I believe, and even hurt and pain. So there's a lot to say about faith and prayers that become, I always have the, this idea, if, if, I, if I put my, my coin and, you know, push the right buttons, you know, I'm going to be able to get what I want. <laughs> That's a cosmic, you know, uh, whatever prayer machine. But the thing is, it doesn't work that way, right? It doesn't. Matthew 26, 39. And going a little further, he, Jesus, fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it is, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. So here you are, here I am, the the the, the unanswered prayer. Isn't that amazing? Jesus prayed this. And it didn't get answered. So, all that to say, so it is not only about believing and faith, but there is something about alignment with God and surrendering to God. And Jesus knows about it, so whenever you feel disappointed because God is not answering the prayer, your prayer, even if you have a tons of faith, 
Just remember that there is someone, Jesus, that understands you. You can talk with him. Matthew 26, 41. Watch and pray that you might not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Prayer helps us so we not enter into temptation. Yeah, lots to say about it. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So you say, well, it's hard for me to pray. Well, you're not the only one. That is the, that is the reality. There is no judgment or condemnation. It is the reality of our lives. Prayer requires some level of work from our parts. So, challenges to overcome about prayer. Tons of them, probably. Let me just point a few. My perspective, that I would say, are the most general that I encounter when I talk with people. Lack of time and desire. Lack of time and desire. I don't have time to pray. I mean, the two things that come come to my heart regarding this, uh, I've learned that this, yeah, I've learned that in this season of my life with four kids that are small, if I don't beat them in the morning, <laughs> my day is different. If I wake up at the same time that they wake up, and you know, they are my kids and I love them, but it becomes hard, 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 hard. If I, I, I get to beat them, even if it is for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, ah, that time is, is meaningful and changes something in me. It's a time of prayer. So I've learned that I, I rather make that time uh, because that time feeds desire and produces a change. And the desire, what to do with the desire? Well, um, pray about it. <laughs> Lord, here it is, my heart. I don't want to talk with you. <laughs> Help me, Holy Spirit. That's usually the best prayer that you can do when the desire is not there. Show me. And believe that God is listening, even when you say, I don't want to talk with you. It's a challenge. Many of us cannot do that because we have a view of God that is specific. How in the world am I going to tell that God? How in the world am I going to tell him that I don't deserve that? Pray. Pray in your prayer. See what happens. Obstacles in your heart. Big, big, big deal. You know, you might have the same experience. I, I have several times when I find that lack of desire and I say, what's going on? And I start being aware, less emotional and most, more, more, more curious. What's going on? What's going on? Where did it start? And I can point out something that I haven't talked with the Lord that is kind of in the way between God and me. Yes, it might be sin. It might be anger. It might be this disappointment. Lord, you know what? I actually really wanted that. <laughs> I never even voiced that to myself. Here's the picture. AC, especially here in the in the in Houston, in Texas, pretty hot, right? So in the summer, uh, if we're not in the AC, we immediately feel the need of AC. 
And sometimes here you are, you know, the AC is running, it's working, but it's not cooling the room. The room is hot, the AC is working. You call the technician, he comes, says, everything is working well, <laughs> but the room is still hot. Guess what? It might be the duct. <laughs> Something is in the vents. In, that's it. That's the, the, the idea, right? What's the obstacle in your heart for prayer? Is there something, you know, remember, there's no judgment, no condemnation. It is about learning what is the obstacle. Present that obstacle. Take away, and you will see how the room is start cooling up. <laughs> Lack of practice. Yeah, we need practice. Uh, to be honest, uh, also, I remember when prayer for me was hard in the sense of, I had my communication with the Lord, but you know, starting to be active at the church, you feel so, you know, you need to practice a little bit how to pray with people, right? And remember being aware, self-aware of my prayers. I don't want to open my mouth, you know, I don't want to pray publicly. Anyway, we all need practice in one way or another, in your own heart and with people. Don't let that practice uh, be missing. You have just to do it. And don't let that practice become the, the only thing. You just pray as everybody prays. You know, we all have a way, but I think we need to practice. Lack of honesty. Obviously, if I don't want to talk about what I don't want to talk, <laughs> is, is an obstacle in the bent. Lack of faith. We talk about faith. Jesus is, is saying that um, uh, if you have faith, actually, this is good. I forget who is... Um, He's in New York, one of the pastors is famous for this quote. That he says, uh, the thing that Jesus admired the most, as we read in the, in the Gospels, in his interactions with people, was not knowledge of the Bible, was not love, but was faith. You know, how many times he says, look how, look at that faith. Look at that faith. Look at the woman has... Oh, I haven't seen faith like this. So what does it mean to put faith in your prayer? And I, I get it. And I, I put my faith before didn't, the Lord didn't answer. I don't want to do that. I don't want to get too, you know, worked out, <laughs> excited, and it's going to be bad. I don't want to be disappointed. But just wonder. Talk about your faith. How much you, you, you hear that? How, how much you, your prayers have a sense of faith? Faith that God is in it. Faith, faith. It's not, but do I believe or not? Do I believe that you're listening? I even say, well, why don't you ask God? God, should I believe you? <laughs> let's talk, let's have this conversation. Finally, lack of engagement with the Holy Spirit. We have talked also about this in, in other practices. Uh, actually, let me read this. I wrote it, or I put it in the, in the slide. Uh, Romans 8, 26, 27. Great verse to prayer. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we don't know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints accordingly or according to the will of God. Beautiful. You don't know how to pray, no worries, no worries. The Spirit is with you and He knows. 
And look how he talks about prayer in groanings that are too deep for words. So this it is not only a kind of a conscious conversation. Silence becomes prayer. Hmm. Beautiful. So all this somehow requires the engagement of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, you know. And I am the one who, Lord, help me, help me here, Lord Jesus, help me here, Holy Spirit. I love uh, this is Alice Freiling. Uh, she writes this uh, because m many people say, "Well, I don't, I cannot hear God. I never hear God. I'm not sure how to hear God." Probably that's one of the most uh, biggest or known topics. How can I hear? Or how can I, do I know when God is speaking? This is what Alice writes. Jesus said that his followers are like sheep and he is like a shepherd. In John 10, 14. He said that sheep listen to the voice of the shepherd and not to a stranger, implying that we will follow him because we know his voice. But recognizing the voice of Jesus is a learned act. I love that. It's a learned art. Unless... We know how to distinguish the voice of Jesus from the voices of the strangers. We will not be able to respond to Jesus' leading. Part of our spiritual journey is learning to listen to God, to pay attention to the gentle whispers of God's Holy Spirit. You see, pay attention to the gentle whispers of the Holy Spirit. I, I, usually, I, I, I usually say this in this way. The first time that I listen, usually what I listen is to myself. <laughs> I listen to my opinions, my likes and dislikes about something. That is my first listening. So I have to stay there. If I stay there, the second thing that I usually listen is to listen to the voice of others. My parents, my pastor, my friends, my, my, my church friends. You know, There is a lot of culture in my listening. So I have to stay there because that is still not the voice that I want to hear. I have to stay usually to a third listening, and, and maybe three, maybe two. I believe it's three for me at least. Uh, when I am past my own voice and past the voices of others, usually I have a better chance to listen and to be aware to the voice of God. And again, I'm not talking about a, a, a sounding voice. I think God can do it. But it's the sense in my heart when I know that he's speaking to me. Okay? So you can listen and understand the voice of Jesus if you believe in him. This is not magic, but this is something about the sign. And Jesus is reminding us that you can hear my voice. Right? I think that's important. So let's talk about prayer. Let's, let's briefly review many, many, many ways to pray. Uh, there are so many great ways to, to practice prayer. I'm, I'm going to talk specifically today about uh, one way. It's not, not new, it's old, but it's called the prayers of recollections. Right? You might be familiar with the topic, right? There are many, many good ones, but uh, this is a prayer, a way of prayer that Teresa of Avila um, kind of talks about. She's the one who brings this prayer of recollections. So it has, you know, some, some time and has been tested by, by the test of time. So let's, let me read about what Teresa says about this prayer. Give me the grace to recollect myself in the little heaven of my soul, 
where you have established your dwelling. Hmm. It starts really great. <laughs> Inside of me. There, you let me find you. There, I feel that you are closer to me than anywhere else. And there, you prepare my soul quickly to enter into intimacy with you. Notice that when she talks about there, it's talking about inside of you, inside of her. Okay? She continues, Help me, O Lord, to withdraw my senses from exterior things, make them docile, docile to the commands of, you, of my will, so that when I want to converse with you, they will retire at once, like bees shutting themselves up in the hive in order to make honey. <laughs> That's so much like Teresa. Teresa uses pictures, and I like that. And remember, Teresa was a pretty busy lady. I mean, Carmelite leadership, a lot of leadership. But he, she is talking prayer here, and she's talking about inside of her. She's talking about you are inside of me, and there is where I can find you, closer than anything. And then she's talking about senses. You know, withdraw my senses from exterior things. So this is not all the time. This is not about living in, in, in a mountain or in a cave, right? This is actually about learning to withdraw for a while. It's retreating to a place. That's why I call it retreat. So that centering takes place and I can engage to into life. So let's let, let me give you my my sense of prayers of recollection. This is Marcus's version, prayers of recollection, okay? First, how you pray this prayer? Well, you settle down. We have talked about that. And this is important in all kinds of prayers. Silence, breathing, song, images, scripture, poetry. Calm the faculties. Allow your senses to slow down. There is no rush. There are prayers that you can make in a rush. There's a breathing prayer, a breath prayer. But this is not one of those. So slow down. Calm the faculties. Then clear the channel of prayer, okay? They, 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 they suggest, uh, Teresa of, of Avila suggests a prayer of repentance or examination, right? Examine the heart. Is there something in me that is stopping me? And you just listen. Is this bitterness, this fear, as best as you can? You have to trust that the Lord will bring that awareness to you. Then you sit with Jesus. As simple as that. You, when you are seated, you imagine that Jesus is with you, in front of you, in you. you. You listen to all the language of Jesus in, in her, in me, you know, in little piece of heaven inside of me. How <laughs> beautiful. You imagine that Jesus is there. You can, if it is easier, you, you imagine that Jesus is by your side. Recollection in quietness and stillness. Focusing your intention and your attention in God. So pretty much you are still and you just imagine that he's with you and you don't need to do anything. You don't need to be like Peter saying, oh, God, it's so good you're here. Lord, we're going to build this for you and for Moses. and for." <laughs> you just need to be there. I cannot tell you how many times in the spiritual directions, direction sessions, when we get to a place, the Lord leads us to, to be recollected in quietness and in stillness and memory 
an image comes that is pretty meaningful. You focus your attention and your intention. I think this is helpful. This is not only your attention, okay, I'm going to listen in, but I can be listening to the air conditioning too. <laughs> okay, I'm listening to God, my heart, but my intention to Him. And then Teresa talks about three things that actually uh, take place or can take place. The first one is what she calls the, the mutual look. And this is an imagination in, in which she imagines herself seeing Jesus. And she imagined Jesus seeing at her. You know, David Benner talks about, I don't know exactly from comes from this, but he talks about, could you imagine God looking at you exactly as you are? And he says, in that exchange of, of mutual look, something spiritual takes place. Profound. I can, I'm not, not going to do it, but I can find the passages in the Bible and I know that says, you know, the, the, the gaze, your gaze upon me. May the Lord make your face, his face shine upon you. So this is what's going on here. The mutual look, okay? And it's an imagination. There's no conversation, you know. Another thing that can kind of start happening is actually the conversation. And, and Teresa talks about the conversation heart to heart. So the intellect is quiet and there is a sense of God I don't know, sending you his love, being proud of you, being happy, this being okay, peaceful. Heart-to-heart -heart conversation with Jesus is, I love you. I love you too. <laughs> and there's not much to, you need to say, you know. I'm, I'm proud of you, my son. Oh my gosh, I, I have my day. You see, there's no intellect. Not the kinds of conversation Teresa says is a conversation with a theme. When the intellect engages and there is a theme in which there's a scripture that comes or there is a situation that you talk with or there is a biblical image that, that is in you and the intellect works. So look how complete is this. I mean, I, there are several kinds of prayers that apply, uh, centering prayer. And some of them focus too much on the intellect. Some, some of them... It, try to eliminate the intellect and, and all those are good ways I like the prayer of recollection among other things because she, there is a little bit of a balance between that no intellect and yes intellect and how you, you know would you just wait and let Jesus be the one who leads you finally as, as time goes just respond and contemplate don't rush out away from those places of prayer. Respond and contemplate. And remember, as best as you can. So there you have. This is a very simplistic definition. But the truth is that prayer is not meant to, do, to be something that we need to do with a PhD and spirituality. Okay? Prayer is meant to, do, to be something that children can do. People who don't know how to write read can do and actually there are many people who, who don't have all that education that can teach us a lot about contemplation i've seen their faces <laughs> and i wish i would be there okay so that is a prayer of recollection briefly what's helpful focus your attention and consider your intention there is a bit of of uh, of that attention and intention okay 
attention in your mind, intention lift up your soul. Another thing that is helpful is start with gratitude. Gratitude is the best way to start. You don't know how to pray? Well, start by remembering something that you can be grateful for. Gratitude uh, empowers uh, the soul to relate with God. Another thing, uh, helpful thing is depths of recollection. I just kind of give you a, a, an idea, you know. I always have this picture of, of, of uh, you, can, you can have a prayer of recollection that is like a breath prayer, you know. It's kind of a surface prayer. As you are driving, it happens to me sometimes, I'm seeing a beautiful sunrise, and it's just amazing to see the sun rays, and that little recollection takes place. I don't need to say anything, but you see, it's kind of a surface, right? There are prayers, uh, moments of prayer that I, I am present to a recollection. Sometimes in, in the practices that we do in this group, when, when we are in a moment of prayer, I can feel how there's a middle level, middle depth of prayer, right? And there are moments of prayer as a discipline. When I give my time, I, I set my time uh, apart to pray. Those are a deeper level of prayer. So I want to give you this picture of those three levels. Prayer takes place all the time. If you are your attention and intention, go there. Another thing that is helpful is to consider pray, uh, praying prayers in the Bible. Many good prayers, many good books about it and to pray prayers that are written by other people. Many good books. So it's helpful, especially at the beginning, as you're starting to learn and to practice uh, prayer. So those are helpful things. Let me uh, finish with this. Soren Kierkegaard. Prayer does not change God, but it changes him who prays. A beautiful reminder. Prayer is about us changing. So let me stop here and listen. What are the questions that you might have or comments that you might have? I guess for me, um, when I think of the word recollection, I'm thinking of remembering. Um, I'm, I'm calling something to mind. So I'm trying to, to fit that in with a prayer of recollection. Um. Yeah. Judy, that is awesome. And what comes to your mind? I mean, what, what is the, the idea of remembering that? Uh, how, how do you see it? I, I, well, that's what, what I'm finding confusing. Um, certainly when I remember, um, I guess I'm remembering who God is, who Christ is, what they've done, um, yeah. the things I'm thankful for. But that doesn't seem to fit with the things I'm at. Well, it, I guess it does. I have to think this through. Um, because I guess we get our intention to move ahead because of what's happened before, because of what we know of what God has done before. Um, it's, it's helpful. And I can see that you are processing that right now, even as you're you are speaking. So this can, might be helpful. So Teresa of Avila was uh, a nun. You know, she, was, uh, she was praying all the time. And actually she writes and she say, I didn't know how to pray. It was not working for me. <laughs> welcome, welcome. So she started learning, learning, learning. And I think it's um, uh, Ozuna, I forget the first name, is, is the first one who gives her a, 
a book and it's really about kind of a prayers of silence and she started practicing this a lot and some things start happening and eventually she comes with this new way of prayer but but I think that the name of recollection uh, in my mind comes out of remembering those moments of intimacy so mm-hmm. it is kind of coming back to that place where oh my gosh I've been there and I think that's powerful about prayer I've been there Lord I've been in this moment of such a deep intimacy when everything made sense. You know, I, I usually say, in this moment, nothing is missing in your universe. Everything is okay, Lord. I am fully and completely satisfied. I don't think anything else. <laughs> I know that the next moment I might not be satisfied and I might be a mess. But at this moment, the truest thing that I can say is that my soul is fully satisfied. Recollection to that moment, to that intimacy. That is the way that works for me. I don't know if that helps. And it's a kind of recollect. I'm, I'm spread out, you know, here and there, and kids and bills and worry here and fear there. And the recollection is just bringing these things together to remember the essence of the beginning. So, Thank you. Ah, thank you. It's a good question, Judy. A couple of things. Uh, I mean, I really liked all of this. It's all a helpful reminder. Um, but a couple of things that stood out to me were uh, the starting with gratitude, um, you know, the coming before the Lord in that kind of place. Um, and, you know, I liked the, I mean, I know some people um, have concerns about um Things like imagining Jesus is there. Hmm. You know, there are different opinions about that. Yes, yes. Very good point. Um, but I actually find that helpful. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, because he, he does abide in us and he is real uh, and he is there. And to just get in touch with whatever, whatever helps um, me get in touch with that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sometimes I think I'm approaching him um, in a somewhat distant way. Yeah. So that's very good. And thank you for bringing that up. That's actually very real. You know, many people, I mean, it's not only about opinions, about remembering Jesus, if Jesus is there, or picturing Jesus. And I also, there is a very good case of, of occasions in which that has been probably used in a way that is harmful. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, uh, accounts of, of uh, punishment and, and, and things with this Jesus producing this punishment. You know, and w- w- in the psychological side of a human being, if, if I put my kids and I, you know, it, it, inflict pain and then I say this is God's and you know imagine Jesus being disappointed or whatever you know you can you can have all that so that is very real and it's a very good point so this is a fresh start in a way for many of us and for for some of us it's not only a fresh start but it it needs it needs to be a a start in which you need help of, of a healthy biblical uh, loving, gentle uh, approach to Jesus. God impersonal, 
even though it's called father, right? It's, it's kind of a little bit like, oh, God's sovereign, and it's, it's very hard to grasp. God personal, Jesus. Okay, I can, I can, I can read about Jesus. You know, I, I see him interacting. It becomes personal. God in uh, transpersonal. I'm sorry, um, in the Holy Spirit. You know, in me, within me. That is what Teresa of Avila talks. So, impersonal, personal, transpersonal. Now, I, I can tell you all the uh, aspects when, when this is gently approach uh, and you know here's even when when community is helpful when i can trust in somebody who who i love who loves jesus you know and there's there is the brightness of, of the jesus presence in somebody who might tell me you know yeah why don't we pray about that perspective that you have of god why don't you read this or that that is a very gentle approach when counseling many moments uh, one of the most meaningful moments is when when in, in a loving and mediated and safe place i can ask somebody so let's imagine if if jesus would be sitting here what do you think he will say I cannot tell you how many times people step back a little bit and say well how deep that goes not because it's a great question is because they start thinking, imagining Jesus in a safe, mediated place. That is, so it's a great point. So this is not about imagination, a kind of ecstasy or whatever. Is this is really about an encounter, and, and we need some some prayer, uh, some help. I mean, for that, uh, it's very good. Good reminder. Great. Something else. Yeah. So there's a lot of, of, of uh, work and great books on prayer, and all of them are helpful. The last thing I will say you before a blessing is I invite you to consider your prayer life as your spiritual life, not a static, but dynamic, changing. One of the best books of prayer that I, I remember is, is this author i i didn't use material from him to this but he he talks about saying you know this is like me talking with with my aunt you know he uses at the beginning uh, you know uh my aunt just asks me and i talk and i say whatever makes sense or not she's just listening because she wants to listen to my voice i'm a, I'm a, I'm a boy but eventually you know, we start having a conversation that's an adult conversation that she's interested in me and she really wants to know what my answers are. So, but eventually I, I want to listen more to her. So it's me asking more questions and me listening more because I love my aunt. Oh my gosh, how much wisdom. And there's a moment in which we both can be quiet. We don't need to ask or say anything. And talks about prayer. So think of your prayer life, also dynamic, a relationship that changes with time. Okay. Thank you for your time today. I want to read as we do usually at the end of our time. It's our blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. 
May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. For more information about faith walking, visit www.faithwalking.us. We want to remind you that faith walking exists because of your financial support. Please consider giving at faithwalking.us slash donate. Thank you for listening. Until I see the Christ in you Till I'm looking through the eyes of love I'm looking through the eyes